Oh my goodness, holy God. Welcome to another episode of the Starched MMA Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm here with Big Z, and we've got a show coming your way. This is episode two, folks. How we doing, Big Z? Not bad, man. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I can't believe they're letting us do another episode of this. This is, uh, this is crazy. This is... <laughs> Before I was ever so rudely interrupted. This is special. I'm so fucking excited that we're doing this. And the UFC, back this Saturday after a seemingly very long layoff. But we needed it. We needed it. Yeah. It felt, it felt good to be away from the octagon for a few weekends. But we have officially come back. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this uh, this little break that the UFC takes at the end of every year. It's like tends to be like the last two weeks of December, maybe first two weeks of January. Uh, I think it just gives everybody a good reset. You know, uh, we enjoy watching MMA all year, but, you know, we, we get pretty tired of it sometimes. So to take a good month or so off is, is nice. And it gets us uh, excited for the first card of the year. So we are happy, wa- happy to be watching fights again on Saturday night. All right. So. Let's get into it. We've got some breaking news at the top of the show today. Oh, shit. Um, I love this music so much. I'm just going to let it go for a minute. Yeah. Okay, so uh, full disclosure, we are recording this on a Monday. The episodes don't come out until Friday, so... By the time you guys are hearing this, this news is going to be a few days old, but still uh, fairly breaking news to us. But uh, first reported by Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour this afternoon, uh, the UFC card in Saudi Arabia scheduled for March 2nd has been postponed most likely to June, but there is, there's, no, uh, there's no date for it yet. Uh, the reported reason is that the, the Saudis uh, want a stronger card, apparently, which, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, Zach, what are your thoughts on that while I pull up the list of uh, confirmed fights for that card? You, you got to be real with yourself and say, who could blame them? Uh, you know, this is interesting. The, the UFC wants to branch out and expand and go to shows all around the world. That's, th- that's their mission at the end of the day. They always want to have a fight night in a new location. Yep. And they have not built this very well. And I'm not surprised at all, especially with how close it is to the Francis Ngannou fight. Like, they want something to be excited about. And if the UFC is not going to deliver, it sounds like they want no part in doing business with them. So I, I don't know, like, what the pushback exactly means, but they push back till June. Let's see what they add to this. And what do we got for fights on the card so far? Yeah, so uh, right now, uh, confirmed fights are Jarzinho Rosenstruck against uh, Shamil Gaziev, uh, Mohamed Bukayev versus Alex Perez, uh, Joel Alvarez versus Ludovic Klein, uh, Eric Anders versus Jamie Pickett, and Javid Basharat versus Eamon Zahavi. There are a few others on there, but, um, you know, not names at either either of us would recognize so that's about it that's all they've got for that card so i think it's totally understandable um that uh the saudis would want a little bit more time to build a better card i just find it interesting because you'd think this would be a a a big event for the ufc considering how 
you know, they load up the, um, the Abu Dhabi card every year because you would, you know, uh, probably Abu Dhabi pays a good amount of money for the UFC to come there every year. You would assume that Saudi Arabia is doing the same thing. So I don't really understand why the UFC isn't putting the same amount of effort into building that card as they would the Abu Dhabi cards. It's very interesting, though. I'm not quite sure what will happen. Like you said, Zach, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens in June. Uh, I don't, th- You don't think these fights are just going to get pushed back, right? You, th- that card will probably just get moved to, like, the Apex or something on March 2nd. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I feel like the UFC will, you know, certainly keep the event intact on that date. There are some good fights there in terms of matchmaking, but probably they were looking for a better main event, yeah. a better selling point, and and it is a new market again for the UFC. You know, they have never held an event in Saudi Arabia to my knowledge. This would right. be a first. So, yep. I just think if you're you're branching out and you you want to have these shows in front of fans, which are the most incredible fans worldwide. You want to be able to branch out and deliver a show. So I think if they couldn't find common ground with like a great five round main event and some, you know, some good matchmaking, then it puts them in a tough place. So that that's definitely a very curious thing that we'll have to pay attention to for the next couple of months, see what direction they decide to go there. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting story that we'll uh, that we'll have to follow. But uh, we've got a few uh, fight announcements that have come through over the last couple of days. Uh, first one, uh, we've got our first title fight for UFC 300, uh, a, a strawweight title fight. Uh, we've got Zhang Weili versus Yan Xiaonan, uh, women's 115 pounds. This is the first ever title fight between two Chinese fighters in the UFC, so that's pretty cool. Um, I just kind of wish that fight was happening in China. It would just make for a, a bigger event uh, if they had been able to bring this title fight to uh, to a China card. But still a very, very fun fight, uh, and it should be interesting. Yeah, they're not busting our chops on that one at all. It's a huge fight. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for Wei Li to defend her title here on UFC 300. You know, China versus China for the first time in history. It sells. It's a fantastic fight competitive-wise. Yep. You know, Xiaonan has climbed her way up the division. She's absolutely more than ready for this title shot. And Wei Li is one of the most promising champions in the UFC right now. Another potential successful defense of her title at UFC 300 is only going to stake her claim. And she she is fantastic they, I'm, I'm very very happy that they put together a fight for 300 with whaley on it yeah i am too uh whaley is just so much fun to watch she is absolutely one of the the best champions that the ufc has right now she just uh, you know win or lose puts on a show every time uh is always enthusiastic loves fighting in front of the fans so yeah she's a very deserving uh champion to be fighting at ufc 300 i i can definitely agree with that doesn't she pump you the fuck up oh dude i love jean whaley oh man she's remarkable and she's only she's only gonna continue to get a bigger fucking following mm-hmm. she is absolutely awesome for the ufc yeah we, we awesome we got to watch her fight live this past august uh in boston when she fought amanda lemos and I mean, she just bulldozed her, but it was just so much fun to watch. She is, she's a great fighter. And I also just genuinely feel like her skill set is undeniable. Oh, yeah. Like she can finish a fight. She can 
I absolutely scorecard you. It doesn't really matter how it goes down. She is just a competitor in there. She's so well-rounded. One of the best right now. Yeah. All right, what else we got for fight announcements? Let's let's roll on here. Uh, another one for UFC 300, a great, great bantamweight matchup. We've got uh, former champion Cody Garbrandt uh, coming up against former flyweight champion uh, Davison Figueredo. Uh, Figueredo coming off of his uh, bantamweight <laughs> debut in the UFC. Uh, pretty clear decision win over uh, Rob Font. It was really, really good performance. Hurt Font on the feet a couple of times. Uh, coming in against uh, a big name in Cody Garbrandt. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens. What do you think? You know what I think? <laughs> I think this fight's gonna get fucking canceled. You, uh, you don't think Garbrandt's making it there? No, no. I'm I'm mostly joking, but I always worry when I see a fight like this get announced. <laughs> uh, it's an excellent thirty-five, right? With, yes, with 35. Figgy up. So this fight has been booked before at one hundred and twenty-five pounds, uh, maybe last year or twenty twenty-two. Uh, that fight did not end up happening, so this is a rebook, but yes, it's at 135 pounds this time. It, it does feel like a special fight for the bantamweight division. Yeah. Figueredo is going to be a really cool addition up there. Yeah. See what he's got going on. Uh, for Cody, Cody No Love, very weird UFC trajectory. Uh, a bounce back win over Font would, or no, right? That's Figgy. Yeah, that's Figgy. That's Figgy. Gar so so Garbrandt's Garbrand last fight was recently. Yes, yeah, so Garbrandt's last fight uh, it was a, actually a very good bounce back performance against uh, Brian Kelleher. I don't remember what card it was, but he knocked him out in the first round, like made it look really easy. Um, so if we can get that version of Garbrandt in there against Figueredo, I think it could be a really, really interesting fight. Obviously, the the thing you worry about is, I mean, Garbrandt has been brutally knocked out <laughs> several times. So you just got to think that if Figueredo touches him once, he might be going down. Um, so this fight could be ending early, or it could be 15 minutes of chaos. But I'm excited to see how it how it ends up. And we know Cody is is more than... It. <laughs> Fuck you, Nate. <laughs> we, we know Cody is more than capable of absolutely chinning someone in that octagon. It, it's interesting... Figgy's got power too, and I know that Garbrandt chin has been tested. I'm I think though, Figueredo can get that to the ground and be a fucking nightmare for Cody. I I don't know. I don't know. Like I, Reach is gonna play a big factor into that fight. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, and and that's also at UFC 300. Yes, S starting they're starting to fill the fill the void here and. UFC 300 is coming along before we know it. Yeah, there are some great matchups on that on that fight card. We're just uh, kind of waiting to hear on some of the more higher-end matchups, you know, maybe some more title fights, other things that might be on the pay-per-view. But, yeah, there's a lot of great matchups coming together for, uh, for 300 right now. Uh, next one we've got coming up is uh, just announced Sean Brady versus Vicente Luque. That's going to be a welterweight main event for the UFC Atlantic City card on March 30th. Uh, Sean Brady is coming off of a submission win over Kelvin Gastelum. Made that look super easy. Very good bounce back performance from him. Uh, Vicente Luque had the scheduled fight against Ian Gary for, was that 296? Yeah, it would have been 296. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary pulled out with pneumonia and 
you know, had all that other stuff going on fight week. Yeah, that, that was a crazy fight week for Ian Gary. But uh, Luke didn't end up fighting, um, so he is getting a quick turnaround matchup against Sean Brady for March 30th. Great main event. New Jersey gets their main event. Five rounds in the welterweight division. Yep. A uh, couple of skillful guys there. A couple of skillful guys there. That's going to be really interesting i think again in front of a crowd that's a crowd that will hopefully get its money's worth at an event like that yeah this has turned into a very good card now you've got you've got this fight in the main event and um aaron blanchfield manon fioro in the co-main that's a very good uh one-two punch to cap off that card plus some other uh you know notable matchups on that chris wyman coming back which makes me really nervous, but I was uh, just going to say, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm over here sitting up, think, sitting, I'm thinking about Chris Weidman and I'm yeah. fucking, I'm scared praying for a Chris Weidman win every time you also have the rebooked Dominic Reyes versus Carlos Alberg fight on that card. Yep. Just, that, yeah. That fight just got canceled recently. Um, next up, uh, Rose Namajunas versus Amanda Hibas. That's going to be another main event for UFC Vegas 88, a, uh, a flyweight main event on March 23rd. Both women have fought in both uh, strawweight and flyweight, so this one's taking, uh, taking place at flyweight. But uh, th- this should be f- a pretty fun fight. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, Rose is probably the wrong tree to bark up. I, th- interesting fight for Hibas, who has had some... I feel questionable striking in the UFC. She's a great fighter. Really, really grapple heavy, good submissions, likes to mix it up, but you just got to be careful with Rose. Rose has a skill set too, where she can put you away and very quickly if you're not careful. And I, I think like, I kind of feel like Hebus is going to mix it up if she can, but if she leads herself into a war and it goes deep, I Rose can beat her in a number of ways. Yeah, but I, that's another good main event, and definitely, I think that's an Apex show. It's got to yes. be. Yeah, UFC Vegas '88. That'll be at the Apex. But um, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I feel like probably overall, uh, in general, Rose is a better fighter. I do think, however. Uh, the fact that this fight is at 125 pounds might give Hibas a little bit more of an advantage, or maybe not an advantage, but a better chance to beat Rose. Um, I think uh, Amanda's just a little bit better fitted to 125 pounds than Rose is. Uh, so I think she might be able to use her size, maybe take Rose down, control her on the ground a little bit, um, wear her down a little bit. I think I think 125... <coughs> Excuse me. Might be uh, a little bit better weight class for Amanda Hibas in this matchup. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, size will make a difference there. Um, yeah, I think so too. Uh, next up, we've got a, uh, a heavyweight main event. This is uh, the week before no- Nami Yunus and Hibas, uh, March 16th. This will be the UFC Vegas 87 main event. Uh, we've got a heavyweight matchup, Tai Tuivasa versus uh, Marcin Tybura. What do you think about that one, Zach? This one's a rebook. Uh, I believe it was originally scheduled to be held on UFC 298 coming up on February 17th. But um, they've decided to apex main event it. Fun fight. Fun fight. To Avasa, Tabora, a couple gangsters in the heavyweight division. Not quite sure what the implications are, not having it in front of me. I know that Tai to Avasa 
is looking for a bounce back win and he's one of yeah. our guys. Anytime yeah. Tuavasa gets in that cage, that's that's who I want to see win the fight most of the time. Like love to love Ty Tuivasa. That that main event and heavyweight main events can go either way. I I think they're not always pleasant. They're always they're not always great to fans. Yeah, I but go ahead. Stylistically, I think that's a really good main event. Tabora pressure fighter, significant. He can wrestle. He's got knockout power. Tui's gonna stand and bang, and it it should actually be a very compelling main event. Yeah, I think it'll be a very fun fight. Um, I think, like you said, there's not a whole lot of stakes on this fight, but you know, we we know the UFC loves to put uh, heavyweight main events uh, on Apex cards, and they like Tai Tuivasa a lot. They put him in main events, so. It makes sense why this got uh, the main event slot. But like you said, it should be a very fun fight. Looking forward to it. And for both guys, like you, you can't you can't knock the fact that you're getting a main event spotlight. You know, that's that's big for anyone's career. Yep. I think for both fighters, like it's it's nice for them to lock up a main event spot. And I, I think they will bring it. Yeah, I think so, too. Good, good spotlight. Both guys always bring the fight. So, yeah, should be a fun time. Uh, last fight announcement we've got uh, is not exactly an announcement, more of a uh, replacement. Uh, Amir Albazi has fallen out of his uh, main event matchup with Brandon Royval uh, with an injury. I'm sorry, Brandon Moreno with an injury. And Brandon Royval is stepping up to replace Amir Albazi. So the new UFC Mexico main event on February 24th is going to be a rematch between Brandon Moreno and Brandon Royval. What do you think about that one, Zach? The Brandons are going to brawl in Mexico City. Too many Brandons. So I, I did not know about this remake at all. I, I did not know that this had gone down. I didn't know that Albazi pulled out. Found out today when we were just going over notes for the... I'm usually pretty keen on this stuff, but I, I for whatever reason, had no clue that this was the replacement main event. But they are going to deliver for Mexico City. Um Yo, so th- this is a rematch. Who won? Who won the first fight? I-, I take a trip down memory lane here. Yeah, so I don't remember when the fight took place, but Brandon Moreno uh, won the first matchup. Uh, I-, I think it want to say it was second round, technically a TKO, but Roy Val suffered a shoulder injury and had to uh, basically just tap out. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely feel like I remember. I mean, I obviously watched the fight, but. Yeah. They, they put on a very fun fight the first time, but now they've got five rounds to work, which is going to be super fun. Uh, Roy Val is coming off of a very recent uh, title attempt against Pantoja, in which he lost but put up a, a pretty good fight. Um, and obviously both of these guys, both of these Brandons just scrap. They love to fight. Uh, and they're going to put on a show for these Mexican fans, absolutely. So that, that first Brandon Royval fight, was all the way back in November of 2020. It was oh, wow. uh, UFC 255. Wow. Okay. Didn't so, know. I didn't realize it was three years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I just was curious. I wanted to look that up, but it's interesting that, that it's a rematch coming up on, you know, over three years in the making. So I love that. It's a banger of a fight. It's a banger of a fight for the fans. Yeah. That that Mexico card is awesome because in the co-main event we've got another. Uh, uh, rematch between Yair Rodriguez and uh, Brian Ortega, which I'm looking forward to as well. So that that card should be a lot of fun. Is Ortega and Rodriguez that that's also a rematch? But is that a uh, five rounds? You know, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I feel like there's a great chance that it is five rounds. 
If not, it fucking should be. It, it definitely should be. Let's just let's just leave it out there right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That that absolutely should be a five round fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh moving on from that, we had some fights this past Saturday, Zach. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it felt longer than it actually was. I think it was like four weeks. It felt like a couple of months, honestly. <laughs> first card of the year. Yep. UFC Vegas eighty four. You had Magomed Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker in the main event. And uh, let's talk to you guys about some results of the card. Yeah, real quick before we do that, uh, our the co-main event uh, was supposed to be uh, Manel Kopp versus Mateus Nicolau at flyweight, um, but that fight was canceled on Friday because Manel Kopp missed weight uh, by three and a half pounds. He weighed in at 129.5, uh, so that fight was just canceled. They didn't end up, uh, you know, taking Manel Kopp's uh, purse or anything and, and continuing. They just decided to scrap the fight, so... Um, that is not the first time an El Cop has missed weight in the UFC, um, which is really unfortunate because he's a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, we want to see him fight. Um, but what do you think the UFC should do, Zach? Do you think they should just cut him or force him to try a fight at 135? Or what do you think? That's a frightening, that's a frightening decision to be tasked with. Yeah. Like Manel has missed weight a couple times now in the UFC. That's yeah. two or three times now. It would have been a really good co-main him versus Mateus Nicolau. And three and a half is a big weight miss. Yeah. I, and, you know, weight cutting is, is a dangerous practice. And it getting is. down to 125 pounds is is a challenge. And if you're sick, which I heard that he was, you know, if you've got illness, if your white blood cell count is all over the place, you're not going to be able to cut weight very easily. Right. And there's always factors that impact fighters in weight cutting. But definitely it's it's disappointing that this is you know multiple weight misses now in the ufc it's it's problematic um and it would have been a good fight uh you know i, I think it initially they had said that they were going to take 30 percent of manel's purse um but nicolau chose not to accept the fight which i kind of think we will see more fighters start to say oh well if if this if my opponent missed by a, a couple of pounds, like the fight's off, like I made the weight. Why can't you? Yeah. That's an absolutely understandable decision from Mateus Nicolau. Um, we've seen so many times where a dude will just miss weight and then, you know, just, you know, take the, uh, take the fine, uh, and then go out and win their fight. And you know, it, it's it doesn't feel right sometimes because it sometimes just feels like guys purposely don't cut the weight just so they can win the fight. So I I I applaud Nicolau for deciding to not take the fight, to be honest. Yeah, and contracted weight is contracted weight. You're yeah. supposed to get to a certain... But so many times each year we see, you know, a fighter has gotten sick during a weight cut or they aren't able to make their contracted weight. Yep. It's a problem in the UFC. Yeah, period. absolutely. It, across, you're, you're never going to be yes. able to fully eliminate issues on the scale, mm -hmm. which is it definitely it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for MMA. And I know like I, I could never I think I could never survive a weight cut. I don't think so no. for the for the fighters that are making that walk to the scale. Like it's all the respect in the world. I just I do see it as a challenge in our sport right now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully it's something that gets uh, solved soon so we don't see uh, so many guys, you know, killing themselves to make weight. But um, 
yeah, something that's uh, here to stay in, in, in the sport right now. But um, all right, let's get to the actual results. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is, this is impressive. Like we, <laughs> we, we spent, you know, quite a while talking about a fight that didn't even happen on the cards. We'll bring you guys some results here from the card. Um, several finishes, even on the prelims, a couple of, couple of TKOs, but, uh, let's, let's talk about the main card. Let's talk some results. Yeah, it was a fun card. Um, in, in the main event, uh, Magomed Ankalaev, uh, stops Johnny Walker in round two by uh, KO punch. Uh, I think it was, a I think a right hand coming out of the clinch that just dropped Johnny Walker. Uh, you know, he hit his head against the back of the cage. I think he followed up with one shot, and it was clearly over. Uh, it was a great, great finish from Ankalaev. Um, you and I both had Johnny Walker in our pick segment, so <laughs> we're off to a hot start, very hot start. Um, but, uh, yeah, great performance from Ankalaev. And, uh, yeah, not not very many options for him outside of a title shot in, in his next fight. Yeah, something that I certainly had in my notes, too, is – you know, Ankalaev, I'm sure he's circled. I- I'm next for the title. Yeah. He has to believe that. Big knockout win. Um, second round early on. Johnny Walker will never not get knocked out in the weirdest ways possible. Oh, seriously. As he said, like, we were team Walker. I tweeted it. The pod is, is a Walker is a Walker fan base, right? But I, I don't know. It's gotta be it's gotta be a shot at the two oh five title next for Magomed Ankalaev. Um, fun main event. Good, good to see that the dust has finally settled on that rematch yep. a few months out after the weird fucking nonsense in Abu Dhabi. So yeah, I, I hope Johnny Walker heals up good, gets ready and figures out what's next. Uh, I think his brother's debuting in the UFC at some point pretty soon. Really? Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, I had no idea. So That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's sick. I don't remember his name, but, uh, I'm sure we'll find it and we'll be talking about it. Um, oh man. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool, and yeah, no, nothing but the best for Walker, and it's got to be a title shot for Ankalaev. I think I think he's earned that right. Yeah, I think so too. It's just two hundred five is so weird right now. There are a few guys that are vying for a title shot. Like they've already promised Jamal Hill a title shot when he comes back. Um, we've heard rumors that like his recovery could be going a little bit quicker than uh, anticipated, so he may be getting the title shot sooner than later. Uh, which means either Ankalaev may have to sit and wait or potentially take another fight, which he may not want to do, but he may end up having to do. Um, but we'll just have to see how the uh, how the the cards unfold. Forever a, a goddamn weird division. Yeah, 205 is a mess. Just Just the state of the division. There's always some chaos at the top. Mm-hmm. you know and you want the best fights to get made and a lot of times they do and then you still don't have results because there's a new champion the belt yeah. gets held up all kinds of just nonsense happens in 205 it seems yeah uncle live specifically has had some super weird results over the last few years like we've had we had that last that last one like the first fight against johnny walker we had his draw against jan blahovich uh which was so weird. And then you, you know, his two fights with, uh, Iwan Kutalaba, like uncle live had just had some of the weirdest results in the UFC. He got submitted with one second left against Paul Craig in a fight that he was dominating. Like who could forget that he, he might be champion already. If he hadn't had some of these hiccups, man, like who knows? Cause he's so good, but, uh, he just keeps hiccuping. 
He now sits at 18, one and one. And then there's another one in parentheses here. So that's one, one draw, one, no contest, one DQ. Like what? No, 18, one, one. And then a parenthesis. Yeah. I don't get it. It's stupid. Yeah. It's probably just a no contest and then a draw or something like that. Either way. But like, you know, a couple hurdles in the UFC, a couple of weird sagas. You're right. He could have been champion by now. He, he literally might've been champion already. So, so we'll see if he finds his way here for a shot. I think he will. Yeah, I think he probably will too. If not, you know, late this year, maybe early next year, but I think he'll, he'll end up getting his shot again. But, uh, co-main event, Jim fucking Miller, 40 years old, still doing the goddamn thing. Submits Gabriel Benitez via face crank in round three. Uh, this fight was a lot of fun to watch. Jim Miller, dude, 43 fights in the UFC. I don't even know how that's fucking possible. We're recording this on a Monday. I've literally been so fucking excited to talk about this since Saturday night. As soon as the fight ended, most wins, most fights in UFC history. Yeah. Jim fucking Miller. It's the title of the episode. And... And Bruce better be announcing him as such when he fights at UFC 300. Man, so Jim, oh, it, I, he's never out of a fight. So th- this fight did get to the third round. Yep. Benitez made him work. But yeah, both guys were wearing it at the end of the fight. Like, it, it was a grueling matchup. Jim Miller is one of the greatest prizes on the entire <laughs> UFC roster right now. He's been doing the thing for so long. His debut was at UFC 89 in 2008. 2008. 15 fucking years in the UFC. 43 fights. And I don't know if you remember, he had that uh, stint of Lyme disease like yeah, a few years ago that like he still literally had to it. stop fighting. Yeah. He's still he's still fighting the Lyme disease itself. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and he's come back to 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 start fighting again, and like he's had maybe some of the best fights of his career over the last few years, like just annihilating. He's had some epic wins, some amazing finishes. He's never out of a fight. Brings home bonus money. He brings yep. home the motherfucking bacon. Yeah, Jim Miller is a no question in my mind first ballot UFC Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what what he has done for the sport is just outstanding. Yeah, and. I, this is this is going to be like one one of the high points of this entire episode, but yeah, definitely. Jim Miller needs his praises sung by everybody in the MMA world. Yeah. Bottom fucking line. Yeah, and and not only did he do it in the cage, he did it on the mic afterwards too. Because we know he's been talking about fighting at UFC 300 for a while. We talked about it a little bit last week, uh, but he gets on the mic in his post fight interview after this fight, calls out Paul Felder and Matt Brown for UFC 300. I would love either of those matchups, but for me, Paul Felder is just like chef's kiss. Perfect, absolute perfect matchup uh, for UFC 300. Perfect comeback fight for Paul Felder. I love everything about that. I really, really, really hope the UFC makes that fight. What an amazing, amazing fight that would be. We, We love Paul Felder as well. He's been retired for a little bit. And you knew Paul would get the itch. If you know Paul Felder, you know that there's a good chance he was going to get the itch. He's a commentator. He's an incredible commentator. Sitting cage side gets the gets the call from Jim Miller. Gets the call out. You know, I know we're we're talking about Jim Miller here, but we got to give Felder a shout out. Give him a 
give him some high ground here. He's coming out of retirement. He's back in the USADA testing pool. Oh, not really important anymore because USADA. Yeah, gone. USADA's done now. But, he, but regardless, he's you know he'll be drug tested. He's by testing himself. However, the UFC decides to do that. He's he's back in the whatever pool. <laughs> the UFC testing pool. Yeah. Basically, he's squaring himself away for competition. Yeah. And um, a fight with Jim Miller at UFC 300 would be absolutely outstanding like the matt brown idea too at 170 yeah. wouldn't mind that jim either. wouldn't jim wouldn't have to cut weight right fight another gangster mm -hmm. the oh man it's just as a fight fan you want to see miller versus felder you just yep. don't want anything bad to happen to either guy bro when he called for it they they the the camera pans to paul felder sitting at the desk because he was calling the fights on saturday and he dude he was cheesing he was like yes give me that fight yeah i fucking i i like, love everything about potentially oh. that fight being oh, paul, made. paul wants that fight as much as we do that's amazing that's that's absolutely amazing to me yeah and felder's still like r somewhat young uh as far as like fighters go like jim is older than him like felder's only what 34 35 something like that so jim's older than him still still fighting so i just think that fight would be awesome very very uh very hopeful that fight happens but uh, all right, what do we got next? Uh, Mario Batista defeats Ricky Simone via unanimous decision. Uh, Mario Batista, this fight was at 135. Mar Mario Batista looked really good in this fight. Uh, Ricky Simone is like usually that dude that's like pushing the pace, making you work, wearing you down. And like by the time the third round comes, like you're done and he's still coming on strong. But it was like almost the opposite in this fight. Like Batista broke him down by the, by the time the third round came around, you could kind of tell that Simone was done. Yeah. I think we talked about it on the pre-show too. Like this would be a great, great test to see where both of these bantamweights were at in their careers. Um, I gotta be thoroughly honest. Like I did kind of tune out some of this fight, not intentionally. I just, I kind of, I kind of spaced out other things were going on at the time, but it, it really looked like Ricky was getting the better of exchanges at times, but then Mario poured it on and ends up walking away with the unanimous decision win. It, it seemed like it, it seemed like it was a very good fight and I probably owe it a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I think we both do, but yeah, very good fight, very competitive fight. Um, but yeah, you could just kind of tell by the end that Batista was just putting it on him. His, his kicks are really good. His pace is insane. Um, and it was a, a very uh, hard-earned, well-deserved victory for uh, Mario Batista. All right. Next one on the main card, we had Bruno Fajera versus Mr. Phil Haas. Tough result for Phil Haas once again. First-round knockout. Vicious. Yeah. Bruno planted him and ground and pounded his skull into the canvas four or five times before it looked like the referee was able to get in there. Just another... Another scary knockout loss for Phil Hotz, who seemed a little bit inconsolable when he finally came to consciousness. And what a knockout by Fajeda. Yeah, that that ending was was hard to watch. Those like the follow up shots. And then, like you said, watching Phil wake up and it was just he was distraught. Like he he was very overcome with emotion. Um, so that was really hard to watch. And we talked early, earlier in the show about Cody Garbrandt, who had, you know, he's. He suffered, you know, several bad knockouts in his career. So has Phil Haas, man. It, it it might almost be worse. 
he has been knocked out really, really badly, like several times. Um, he's a really talented fighter, but it just keeps happening. And I, I don't really know what to say, to be honest. Like, I, I don't want to just tell him to retire cause he's kind of young, but it's hard. It's hard to watch him just keep going out there and getting put out cold. You know, it's one of those situations where you need to sit down with your loved ones. Yeah. And, and loved ones, coaches, MMA, it is a really hard conversation to have sometimes where you're like, where when someone's on a stretch of getting knocked out and the more you get knocked out, the longer it takes to recover in between knockouts. Yeah. It's hard to say exactly what that science is, but there's definitely some truth to it. Like yeah. if you've had your, your chin cracked a few times in a year, two to even once or twice in a year is, is damage. And, you know, I, I just think for Hawes, like it would be, it would be desirable to take some time off. And a lot Definitely. of fighters just want to get right back out there, which is admirable, but also dangerous. Yeah. I just think, you know, he should, he should take some time to be away from it a little bit, Yeah, you know, and, and get back to training when, when, it, when the time comes. Yeah. And it's just a really sad situation because like, you know, these, these guys are taking so many fights because they need the money and it's just, you wish the UFC would just start paying these guys a little bit better. So they didn't have to take so many fights, you know, after taking so much damage and allowing themselves to, uh, to recover a little bit more before taking these fights. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. No. And, and that's, it would be a rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've got the heater on. So let's see, let's see boys. We'll see how we sound later on. It's all right. We're good. We're good for it. We, we can always just talk over the fucking thing. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, we'll keep listeners. going. We'll keep going. Uh, so last fight on the main card. Uh, we're not going to take much time covering this one because we've got uh, Wal Waldo Cortez Acosta against Andre Arlovsky at heavyweight. Uh, WCA wins a unanimous decision over Arlovsky. It was not a good fight. We were not anticipating it to be a good fight. Um, WCA was just kind of like showboating the entire time, even though he, he wasn't really doing much. Um, but he won the fight, so good on him. Uh, that's about all I've got for that one. The producers look so restless right now. They hate the heater. They hate it so much. It's all right. They're sweating it more than we are. <laughs> I love it. We're, we're doing this, boys. We're fucking doing this. I love it. They hate it. The energy's <laughs> unmatched in here. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Keep so it all. Couple of... Um, good performances from the prelims we're not gonna do a huge deep dive but uh marcus mcgee defeats gaston bolanos by tko in round two uh great performance for marcus mcgee just kind of that that would be the kind of performance where you would want somebody to be showboating because like he was almost untouchable in that fight and then the finish was sick with like the spinning kick and then the follow-ups like that was a great performance for marcus mcgee savage performance yeah Savage performance earned himself a fight of the night bonus or not a fight, a performance, performance of the night bonus. Yeah. Yep. I just said the word performance 41 times. Yeah, I think we both in three seconds. <laughs> you, so, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hell of, hell of a nod to him. You know, yeah. um, like you said, I don't want to dive too deep into the prelims. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just wrap this up real quick. Uh, Gian Silva defeats Weston Wilson by TKO in round one. That was really brutal. That guy uh, didn't good stand a chance. He 
no, he really didn't. Uh, Gian Silva literally just brutalized this guy for like a couple of minutes in the octagon and then just started barking into the camera like he was a pit bull. It was amazing. It was fucking awesome. I want to watch this fight, this guy fight every time. It was amazing. And then he put on the nerd glasses. Like, dude, dude just nailed it. He His nailed entire it. corner had the nerd glasses on. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Fabiano had a pair. <laughs> Everybody. Fabiano. Is that his name? Yeah, Fabiano Busquet. That's right. That's the right. Goat. I didn't fuck. I thought I fucked it up. No, nah, you're good. Shout out the goat translator. Shout out the goat. All right. And then Nicholas Moda defeats Tom Nolan by TKO in round one. Pretty big upset. That happened in like just over a minute. So that was pretty cool. Um, on to UFC 297. Here we go. Yeah. Big... I'm Dak Prescott. Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> fuck the Cowboys. I don't great. know if we can keep that or not. Uh, we're keeping it. Uh, but yeah, big pay-per-view this week. Uh, the return of Sean Strickland, the 185-pound champion, uh, returning to defend his belt against uh, Drickus Duplessis, the top contender at 185 pounds. Hit him with it. There yes, it sir. America. Sean All right, Strickland. baby. First UFC pay-per-view of the year, 2024, UFC 297, Strickland versus Duplessis. Let's get into it. Yeah, so overall, this is not a bad pay-per-view card. There's definitely some entertaining fights on here. Um, not the best card, not the worst card, um, but I'm definitely excited for it because I, I'm i very excited for this main event. I have no idea what to expect, uh, Strickland versus DDP. Uh, I, it's such a weird stylistic matchup that I just, I'm not sure what to expect, um, but I'm very excited for it. Uh, these guys had a lot of uh, beef pre-fight because uh, they, they were in a press conference uh, before 296. Uh, and there was a lot of shit talk back and forth. Uh, Sean Strickland said some things about uh, Drickus and his coaches that I will not repeat. Um, Drickus said some things about beating Strickland so badly that it would uh, remind him or something about the childhood beatings that he, Strickland got from his father. It got very, very weird, uh, but it, it resulted. <laughs> yeah, literally like no shots fired, shots fired, the Eagle, all that stuff. It was fucking crazy, but it resulted in one of the best fights of 2023 which is Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis in the crowd at 296. Oh, it was fucking great. So many great things about that video. Um, but just a, a great buildup for, for this fight. So technically, this is Sean Strickland's second title defense, if you want to talk about the crowd fight. <laughs> you know, the rematch, baby. It's going down. Normally not one to encourage crowd fights. This one fucking sold the fight. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's really, it's really something. Like you got fighters cheesing, sitting oh, cage side because they're like, "Oh, Sean Strickland's going after him right now." Bro, Volk the, the fighters the were chair. geeking. Volk standing on the chair and then like Cheeto just like watching it, being high as shit, like enjoying it. Like there's so many things about that video that I just love, man. All right, well, the main event, as we talked about, he, they're gonna run it, Strickland first real title defense yeah excuse my bullshit but <laughs> uh oh trick is hits hard sean can fight he's got cardio for days this is this is going to be a fun title fight i'm curious to see does it go five rounds i don't know i don't know trick can put people away as we saw him do to, to rob it's very very difficult to starch robert whitaker 
But if DDP can do it, I mean, he's going to try to do the same thing to Strickland. It's weird. Izzy's like the non-factor in this fight, you know? Well, um, he, he will be there. He, he, will, he will return. It's just weird seeing him out of a middleweight title fight for what feels like the first time in yeah. a long time. Yeah. Thank God that fucking heater shut off. <laughs> I can hear myself again. That's nice. Yeah, I think we were doing good, but yeah, we were still. Fine. Um, I don't know, man. Is Sean going to defend his title? So before we get to our picks, uh, we might have a potential uh, new mythical fighter on our hands, Zach. Because if Drickus wins this fight after that uh, that performance against Rob Whitaker, we might have uh, uh, surgically repaired nose Drickus as a, a new mythical fighter. Because the way he beat up on Rob Whitaker was insane. And if he goes out and beats Sean Strickland to win the title, man, that's some crazy stuff. Um, but... Uh, in all seriousness, though, I think this is a very good matchup. Um, Drickus pushes an insane pace that I don't think really anybody can keep up with. Um, but Sean Strickland has really good cardio and does a really good job of controlling the the speed of a fight, if that makes any sense. Like, his boxing is just so good that he can kind of just shut anybody down. So, you know, I really think that Drickus can push the pace and get to Sean, but I think he's got to work hard for it, you know, because Strickland isn't going to give it to him easily. But, um, man, who am I going with? <sighs> Shoot. I'm going to take Drickus. Uh, I'm going to take Drickus Duplessis by submission in round four. I think he ends up wearing Sean down. I think he gets him down, maybe even hurts him on the feet, and I think he locks in a submission and uh, secures the title. Bold. But how bold? We will see. Hey, you looked like you wanted to play a sound over there. Hey, just let's a, go. Just a single shot fired this time. All right. Uh, before I get my pick, I'm curious. Do we think there will be a lot of in-cage trash talking in this main event? I mean, it's Sean Strickland, so probably. I think if 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 they're both angry enough, we could see some heated conversation I don't know. It's it's going to be one of those weird ones where security should probably do their part and not let them step forward on each other before the fight actually starts. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be an intense face off like, uh, you know, when they do that whole thing, when the ref is like, all right, guys, let's have a good clean fight. Like th there's there's going to be an intense face off uh, during that moment. I just am not sure how much talking Drickus is going to do in the cage. He yeah, he'll he let his fighting do the. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But I mean, Sean is going to be talking all the time he's gonna be saying so much dirty stuff to all right <laughs> to drink his turn well, that fight that's right i'll Let's lock go. it i'll lock in my vote for no glove touch that, oh that that'll yeah. that'll that'll be there for you oh yeah um i'm taking sean and i think it goes five rounds i i think sean can out cardio him and i think he defends the title strickland by decision strickland by points baby Put it in the books, baby. Or don't, because, like, what? I don't know. No, I mean, listen, I think, I really think anything can happen in this fight, genuinely. Uh, like, at I the really end of the year, we're going to be crushed by all the picks we got wrong. Oh, dude, it's I can't funny. wait. I can't wait to read off our records at the, at the end of the year just to see how fucking bad they are. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Okay, next fight on the pay-per-view, we've got another title fight. Uh, women's bantamweight title up for grabs. A vacant women's bantamweight title. Uh, we've got Myra Bueno Silva versus Raquel Pennington. Um, 
listen, I'm I don't have a whole lot to say about this fight to be honest. Uh it's a fine fight. Um I don't really feel like it's a a title worthy fight, but this is where the women's bantamweight division is at. Uh and the UFC doesn't really seem to want to get rid of it. So, here we are. Um Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> As a professional, I'll keep it yeah, as real as I can. I didn't keep it very professional there. It's hard. With without Amanda Nunes, the women's bantamweight division is in a tough place. It's suffering. It is and it's not that there aren't talented fighters. And I and like you said, this is the state of the division right now. Like I this is the fight that makes sense. I, yeah. I guess the most, like chronologically no, for, it does. for it really the, does. the bantamweight title. Yeah. It, it is weird. Silva just came off of a steroid suspension. So like Yeah, but that our, that was like it's you know it was, that wasn't like a John Jones steroid situation. No, yeah, that was it like, was more of a that was like a band a banned substance somehow got into her system. She was able to like explain it and she was um what's the word I'm looking for? Exonerated. Yeah, this isn't an instance of a fighter like trying to roid it up. It's right. just she was she not is like coming off of a suspension. Not right. not too often, unless right. you're John Jones. Do you see, you know, someone getting a title shot coming off of a suspension? Weird fight. Division's in a weird place. We can be honest and open about it. Like, I, I don't, you know, I'm not in the UFC's shoes, but it's they have to find a way to get that division moving in the right direction. Yeah, if they want to keep it around. Yeah, they need to find some talent for that division. And I understand why they want to keep it around because they need more titles to be in circulation. So I get it, but um yeah, it's a, it's a hard division to watch right now. But um anyway, as far as like the fight actually goes, um I I like Mauro Buena Silva in this fight. I think both women are primarily ground fighters. That's where they do their best work. Um and I really just think uh Silva is better. I think she's better on the ground. I think she's a very good grappler. Uh, she submitted Holly Holm in, like, the first round. Um, so, yeah, m my pick for this fight is going to be uh, Silva by submission in round two. I, th I think it's totally safe and reasonable to take Silva by submission. Yeah. I kind of feel like Pennington may not be the easiest fighter to submit. No, probably not. But it depends. Like, I do see a lot of the fight playing out on the ground. You know, once it gets there, I yep. think it'll kind of stay there. I don't think we'll see too much on the feet from either fighter. I agree. Um, and that's okay. And, and, you know, especially like you're fighting for a vacant title. So yeah, at the end of the day, you want that belt wrapped around your waist and whatever it takes to win the fight. Yeah. I'm not, not overly excited for it. Uh, you know, just, just saying, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we can move on. I think we've, uh, I think we've covered that enough. <laughs> um, next fight at 170, we've got Neil Magny versus Mike Malott. Um, I actually really like this fight a lot. Um, Malott, a lot. Yeah. I like this fight a lot. Um, Neil Magny, uh, has been around forever. Like, I think he's been ranked in the top 15 for like 10 years at 170. Like, I swear to God, he's, he's just that good. Um, Mike Malott is a, a really promising upcoming prospect at 185, uh, 170, coming out of uh, Canada. Um, contender Series product, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think this is a very competitive fight. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know Mike Malott can 
do it both on the feet and on the ground, but Neil Magny is very hard to put away. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens. All right, Toronto, can your Canadian get it done? This is uh this is an interesting one. Neil Magny has been in the welterweight division, just eating people alive for what feels like fucking decades. Literally, it, it's probably not been that long, but uh, interesting. Solid Twelve years. Interesting scrap. Magny brings it. Malat's got some hands, at least from what I remember. Like, yep. I think there's a, a solid chance Magny gets it done. And again, probably a decision. He's grapple heavy. He's like a wet blanket. And it's not an insult. Like, he just smothers people. Like, Neil yeah. Magny knows how to win fights, and mm -hmm. that's how he has the record he does. Yeah, this could absolutely be a case of um, just too much too soon for Mike Malat. Like, he's a very talented fighter, but Neil Magny has beaten better fighters um, than than Mike Malott. So this could easily be a case of, uh, you know, just wasn't quite ready for uh, for this matchup. But it is a worthwhile step up in competition for Malott. Definitely. Know? And I think that's where we're at with it. Yeah, very, very deserved matchup for Malott, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens. I think it's a coin flip. All right. Uh, we want to move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Barrio, a fight in the middleweight division. Curtis and Strickland sharing a card together. Uh, I feel like this could be one of the weirder fights of the night and then somehow win fight of the night. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is a uh, really interesting matchup. Uh, Chris Curtis has had a few ups and downs since uh, going up to 185. He had a hot start, um, but then he's, you know, kind of uh, evened out a little bit. Uh, Mark Andre Barrio has been around for a while. Uh, never really, I don't think he's ever been kind of close to the rankings. He he might have been like low top fifteen at some point, but anyway, um, I just think Chris Curtis is going to be able to control the pace of this fight and the range with his boxing. I just think he's going to be a lot better on the feet, um, and he'll probably be able to stuff the takedowns of Barrio if he goes for him. I just think Chris Curtis is more athletic, just a better all-around fighter, and I think he probably takes this one. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think I think he I think he will as well. Um, I I really feel like this is one of those fights that could go off the rails out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, you're probably gonna see a nut shot, an eye poke, <laughs> something along those glorified lines right there. Yeah. Um, Chris Curtis will probably get mad about something in the fight or after the fight. You know, yeah, that's Chris Curtis. Yeah. Yeah, not a whole lot to mention about that fight either, but yeah, it should it's be a, a fun, fun fight. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, want to get to this slobber knocker to start the main card. Dude, this fight is sick. I'm we, so excited for this one. We got Arnold Allen versus Mosfar Ivloyev. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yep, Mosfar Ivloyev. Yep, you got it. But oh man, we have a banger on our hands at featherweight to start the main card. That whenever the UFC comes to Canada, I think back to. And I, this was Toronto as well, Big Z, but UFC 231, the first fight on that main card, mm -hmm. Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manawa. Yep. And it was one of the most destructive fights I've ever seen in yeah, my several years watching the UFC. Only lasted a round. It was a yeah. one one round. But, man, if, if anyone listening hasn't seen that fight before, you go back and watch it. But this first fight, Allen versus Ilaboyev, I, I, that's the type of energy that I expect to see from these combatants mm -hmm. is the fight I just mentioned. Different weight class, different stakes, 
but two very, very exciting fighters that are making their way to the top of the crop at featherweight right now. This is a remarkable fight by the matchmakers. Yeah, this is a perfect way to start off the pay-per-view. In my opinion, this is probably the best fight of the weekend uh, on the entire UFC card. Uh, We've got Arnold Allen at number three, uh, Evloyev at number nine. Uh, Arnold Allen uh, just coming off of his uh, loss to Max Holloway, but in a very, very competitive fight. He he put up a really good fight in that. Max Holloway is hard to beat. Nobody does that outside of Volkanovski, so no shame in that. Uh, Evloyev is coming off of his win over Diego Lopez in a very fun fight. At the time, we didn't know how much fun Diego Lopez was going to be. We didn't know what we were in for. Oh, he turned out to be a fucking gem from last year. But, um, yeah, Uh, let's see. If Loyov is 17-0, he's undefeated. Uh, Arnold Allen is 19-2. So these guys both have absolutely stellar records. Um, This fight is so good. It's so competitive. Uh, We've got Evloyev at a minus 166 favorite. Uh... Allen is plus 140. Uh, so that just shows you right there how competitive this fight is. But I could not be more excited. Um, in general, this is going to be a very, uh, like, simple uh, uh, description of this fight. But I think uh, Allen is superior on the feet. Evloyev is superior on the ground. So honestly, for me, it just comes down to who can inflict their game. Honestly, it's you know, whether or not Allen can stuff the takedowns of Evloyev. My heart says Allen, but my mind says Evloyev. Like, it, oh, man. This is a fucking hard one to sit here and make a call on. Yeah, it really is. I'm, it, can, what were the odds one more time? Uh, so we've got Evloyev uh, is a minus 166 favorite. Arnold Allen, a slight underdog at plus 140. Arnold Allen, plus 140. Gets it done. Taking the underdog here. Let's love go. Allen. Uh, that, that's love an, an absolutely amazing fight. Big Z can probably break it down better than I can, and I think he did. But stylistically, an awesome one at featherweight, and I'll back that up for sure. Yeah, I love this fight so much. Um, just really excited to see how it how it unfolds. I really have no idea. Zach is bold enough to give a pick. I have no clue. Honestly, it's literally just flip a coin i've said that a couple of times today but flip a coin and that's that's your winner of this fight so that's your ufc 297 main card this saturday night starting 10 o'clock in toronto uh on pay-per-view we we do want to bring attention to just a couple of these prelims on the ufc 297 card as we get you guys ready for the pay-per-view yep so Probably my uh, most anticipated prelim on this card is going to be Charles Jordan versus uh, Sean Woodson at 145. That fight's going to be all action. Both guys bring it. Uh, stand-up fight. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Jillian Robertson versus Poliana Viana at 125. Uh, that fight's going to be awesome, too. A lot of good grappling exchanges. Those girls come to fight, come to scrap. Uh is is Poliana Viano the queen of violence, or is that... Uh, Pol- I think that's Ariane Lipsky. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, and then uh, another flyweight fight, men's flyweight this time. We've got Malcolm Gordon versus Jimmy Flick. Uh, the Jimmy Brick. F- <laughs> Jimmy the Brick Flick. 
Jimmy Flick coming out of retirement. Oh no, wait, no, he already came out of retirement, didn't he? Yeah, but he's still weird. He beat, we though. might as well just say like, yeah, he's weird, but he had that flying triangle in his UFC debut, and then he retired. <laughs> yeah. So he's always going to be, you know, one of those weird guys that I'll watch every time. Flyweight unders. Flyweight unders. Shout hopefully, out flyweight unders. Hopefully they make a return. Uh, and then the last one for me that I'm interested in is going to be another flyweight fight, women's flyweight, uh, Jasmine Jazdevicius versus uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, Priscilla Cachoeira, we saw her in that that crazy fight with Valentina Shevchenko in which it went way too long, probably about 10 minutes too long. Um, but Jasmine Jazdevicius is uh, a, a really bright Canadian prospect, in my opinion. Um, I think she's like 9-2, and two, something like that, but... She's going to make her way up the rankings. I think she's a lot of fun to watch. So those are the prelims that I'm looking at. I don't know if you got anything else, but that those are the prelims I'm looking at. Nothing to report on my end on yeah. the prelims. Yeah, that's about I'm it, just, honestly. I'm just cheesing, thinking about it, thinking about this first pay-per-view card of the year. It's exciting. Um, and next week, we'll have a recap for you about UFC 297, everything that goes down. Will we have... We'll, we'll, we will, no matter what, have at least one and new champion in the UFC. Correct. Maybe two. Correct. Maybe two. So yep. real quick, uh, before we sign off, uh, I didn't give any odds for the other main card fight. So I just want to do that. Um, in the main event for the middleweight title, uh, Sean Strickland is a very, very slight uh, minus 130 favorite. Drake is Duplessis coming back at plus 110 as your underdog. That's essentially a pick em. Um so that tells you how close Vegas thinks that fight is. Um, and then for the vacant women's bantamweight title, uh, Myra Bueno Silva is a minus 166 favorite and Raquel Pennington coming back at a plus 140 underdog. So those are the same odds as the uh, the Arnold Allen fight. Uh, at welterweight, Mike Malott is a, actually a pretty hefty favorite at minus 250 against Neil Magny, who's coming back at plus 205. And then finally, Chris Curtis is going to be your favorite against Mark Andre Barrio at minus 166. Uh, power bar coming back at plus 140. So those are all of your uh, main card odds. Neil Magny underdog feels like a a ticket to cash. This is not a this is not a gambling show. But just just for the sake of enjoyment, like we probably will be talking to you all about odds and stuff as we go. It's just it's fun to go along with the fights and see what odds are popping off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll try to give you some picks, but <laughs> you know, we're that we're that's not where our expertise lies. Nah. But you're right though, Neil Magny at, at uh, plus money is pretty good value. So that uh, something to think about this weekend. But uh. Yeah, that's about it for us, guys. If, you have, if you're betting, happy betting. Good luck. Yeah, make some money. Enjoy the fights, Canada. You deserve it. Yep. Back in Toronto. Um, I know the UFC has kind of been a little disloyal to Canada over the last few years. <laughs> so it's good to see them um, giving Canada, giving the people of Toronto a nice pay-per-view card. And uh, next week, we'll have a wrap-up show for you guys from the pay-per-view. We'll talk the fights. We'll talk. We'll talk about everything from the card and... Hopefully it's hopefully it's a doozy and we'll talk to y'all soon. Yes sir, enjoy the fights everybody. Peace.